Hello and welcome to the first episode of the Marstronauts podcast. My name is David Talos and I will be talking about Mars, space travel and the future of humanity in this podcast. The first episode will be about the Falcon Heavy Arabsat 6A launch that will probably happen on the 7th of April. And right now it is the 3rd of April when I'm recording this episode, so maybe the publishing will be a bit quick, but hopefully you will get a ton of value out of it. Okay, so without further ado, let's start. This mission will be SpaceX's fourth mission in 2019 and the first Falcon Heavy mission this year, and in total only the second Falcon Heavy mission. The first one was launching Elon Musk's Tesla Roadster with the Starman on the first seat. But right now, SpaceX is launching a communication satellite called Arabsat 6A. The static fire is scheduled on the 4th of April, whereas the liftoff will happen on the 7th of April, hopefully. So right now I'm going to just give you a little bit of insight on what the Falcon Heavy actually is, what will happen during the launch, what the payload is, and I will talk a little bit about the static fire and liftoff dates at the end. So the Falcon Heavy boosters are the center core and the side boosters 1 and 2. These will have separate landing positions based on when they separate from from each other. So during the launch, the side booster one and two will separate first and they will come back to Cape Canaveral Air Force Station in Florida and they will land on the landing zone one and two almost at the exact same time like we saw it in the 2018 February launch, while the center core will stay attached to the rocket longer and it will separate later and land on the Aussie's lead drone ship that is short for Of Course I Still Love You and that drone ship will be located 967 kilometers downrange from Florida. So the Block 5 boosters that this Falcon Heavy will feature are one of the finished designs from SpaceX and the main purpose of creating this uh, version of this rocket was first of all to be able to apply for NASA's astronaut certification which requires multiple successful launches. I, I don't remember exactly, it is five or seven successful launches in a row without any error. And uh, after that, NASA will supervise uh, the rocket again and they will probably certify it for human spaceflight. So this is the whole point of creating this booster and it was optimized to require very little refurbishment so it can be reflown quickly. The boosters on this Falcon Heavy have never flown before and probably as these boosters are a little bit modified from the regular Falcon 9 boosters, they will probably fly together again if SpaceX can successfully land all of them. So let's talk a little bit about the actual launch. Before liftoff, SpaceX will start to load the rockets with the propellant and the liquid oxygen. And one minute before liftoff, the Falcon Heavy will take full control with its internal computers. So from then, the launch will only be scrubbed if 
Falcon Heavy internal computers detect something bad. From then, SpaceX team doesn't have any control over the vehicle. So liftoff will obviously happen at 0, 0, 0, 0, 0, 0 seconds. And then one of the most crucial parts of the flight will be the max Q, which is the maximum aerodynamic pressure. And this happens as the rocket is going faster and faster through the air while the air density gets lower. So the atmosphere gets thinner there is a maximum pressure point and this is the max Q. And why this is crucial is that the vehicle experiences the biggest amount of uh, stress. So if it gets through max Q, there is a very low chance that it will fall apart. So a few minutes into the flight, the side boosters will separate from the center core. And then uh, like a minute after that, the center core will also separate from the second stage and the boosters will go back to land, which I will discuss a bit later. But the second stage will go on and it will power the satellite to the desired orbit. And once the vehicle gets into space, so above 100 kilometers, the fairing will separate as they no longer need it because there is no actual aerodynamic drag there. So the fairings will separate and fall back to Earth. During the launch, the landings will be probably the the most important part at the end. And during landing, the boosters will perform a series of uh, three burns after the separation. The first burn is the boost back burn, which is when the rocket changes its uh, direction and uh, speed of travel and aligns itself to, in the case of the side boosters, to go back to Florida. And in the case of the center core, it will align itself to land on the drone ship. As the boosters enter the atmosphere again, they will perform the re-entry burn. And that is because when anything enters the atmosphere from high speed, there is a very high amount of heat on the vehicle. So the re-entry burn serves two purposes. The first one is to slow the rocket down as it's going through the atmosphere. And the second is to create a shield of high temperature gas in front of the the rocket. So that means that the engines will not be put to the extreme heat of the re-entry and they will be safe because of this so-called retro thrust burning, which just simply means that against the direction of travel. After the re-entry burn shutdown, the boosters will just uh, fall through the atmosphere towards their landing destination. And about uh, 30 seconds before landing, they will start the landing burn, which is the last burn. And the purpose of this burn is to slow down the vehicle to zero speed by the time it reaches attitude zero. So this way they can have a smooth landing. As for the second stage, there there is not so much uh, new here. This will be the same as the other Falcon 9 uh, second stages. It has one uh, Merlin 1D engine that is vacuum optimized. 
This will give the payload the most amount of uh, data V, and this will deliver it to the desired GTO or geostationary transfer orbit. As for the fairing, SpaceX has attempted a few fairing recoveries with their drone ship Mr. Steven that has a huge net and they tried to catch the fairings. But Mr. Steven was last seen in the port with only two arms out of four, so it was probably damaged at sea. And also, as the Falcon Heavy launch has a different flight profile than the regular Falcon 9 launches, the fairings will probably not be attempted to be recovered. But we may see that and, and uh, this, this could change and this could uh, increase the excitement of the event. The payload will be the ArabSat 6A, which is obviously a satellite from the company ArabSat that is a leading satellite provider in the Arab world. And they stream over 500 TV channels, 200 radio stations. They have pay TV networks, more than 95 HD channels and stream to over 80 countries in the Middle East, Africa and Europe. So they are, they are actually a pretty big company. And they hired SpaceX to deliver the ArabSat 6A satellite that is a 6,000 kilograms payload into GTO, which is the geostationary transfer orbit. And then the satellite's thrusters will deliver the satellite to GEO, which is the geosynchronous equatorial orbit. So let's talk a bit about these orbits because you may not know what they actually are. GTO, which is again geostationary transfer orbit, is a highly elliptical orbit that has an apogee of over 42,000 kilometers, and to be exact, 42,164 kilometers. Or if we want to count it from the sea level, it is 35,786 kilometers. And uh, the GTO's perigee is uh, usually just a few hundred kilometers above sea level. And this GTO is a Hohmann transfer orbit, which means that it is a transfer orbit between two geocentric orbits. The first is obviously the low Earth orbit. And then the, the desired orbit will be the GEO. And that is another geocentric orbit. And that is at 35,786 kilometers above sea level, which is the geostationary attitude. And the whole purpose of this orbit is that any object in this orbit seems to be stationary above a certain point on Earth. So this is a desired point for weather and communication satellites. Before we finish, I want to address some uh, important dates that we have to keep in mind. Hopefully, I can publish this episode quickly. So, at the time of the recording, so the 3rd of April, the static fire was not completed. So, uh, a little bit about the static fire that will be uh, probably done on the 4th of April. It is just to make sure that all the systems on the rocket are fully operational and there is nothing wrong with any kind of hardware or software. And this happens while the rocket is logged to the launch pad and the payload is not attached to the, to the top 
And the static fire is simply just a short firing of the engines, like uh, 7 to 15 seconds or so. And then the rocket is brought back to the hangar, the payload and the fairing is attached, and then it is brought back to the launch pad again, this time for liftoff. Talking about liftoff, it will probably happen on the 7th of April, but it, this date really depends on the static fire, on weather conditions, a lot of stuff. So this three-day turnaround for the static fire and liftoff is a very tight schedule. And personally, I think that if anything is wrong with the static fire, then the 9th of April seems to be a better candidate. But we will see, and I hope I am not right. I hope that the vehicle will lift off on the 7th of April because I'm just super excited about it. I made a few tears uh, last time when it launched the Tesla Roadster and Starman to an orbit beyond Mars. So I'm super excited about it, but the main purpose of this whole launch is to deliver the satellite, not to, not to please us viewers. That is just an addition. So I hope that everyone will enjoy the Falcon Heavy launch this time. And I hope the best for the SpaceX team. And thank you so much for listening to the podcast. Please just uh, leave, a, leave a comment on Instagram or just send me a DM or tweet me at Marstronauts to just let me know what you think about this podcast, uh, whether I should continue it. And just, just give, me, give me what you feel, what you would like to hear. And just thank you so much for the attention.